0: Let me tell you the story of Job. Job was a blameless and upright man. He had seven sons and three daughters, 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 she-donkeys, and a very large household. One day there was a gathering of the heavenly court, and God said, "'Have you noticed my servant Job? "'There is no one on earth like him, "'blameless and upright, fearing God and avoiding evil.' "'The Satan,' here Satan means adversary, "'answered the Lord and said, "'Is it for nothing that that Job is God-fearing? "'Have you not surrounded him and his family "'and all that he has with your protection? "'You have blessed the work of his hands.' and his livestock are spread all over the land. But now put your hand and touch all that he has, and surely he will curse you to your face. The Lord said to the Satan, Very well, all that he has is in your power, only do not lay a hand on him. Soon after this, a messenger came to Job and said, the oxen were plowing and the donkeys grazing beside them, and the Sabaeans carried them off in a raid. They put the servants to the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. He was still speaking when another came and said, God's fire has fallen from heaven and struck the sheep and the servants and consumed them. I alone have escaped to tell you. He was still speaking when another came and said, the Chaldeans formed three columns seized the camels, carried them off, and put the servants to the sword. I alone have escaped to tell you. He was still speaking when another came and said, your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in the house of their eldest brother. And suddenly a great wind came from across the desert and smashed the four corners of the house. It fell upon the young people and they are dead. I alone have escaped to tell you. Then Job arose and tore his cloak and cut his hair. He fell to the ground and worshiped. He said, naked I came forth from my mother's womb and naked I shall go back. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin. Sometime later, God said to the Satan, Have you noticed my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him, blameless and upright, fearing God and avoiding evil, even though you incited me against him to ruin him. The Satan answered him, All that a man has, he will give for his life but put forth your hand and touch his bone and his flesh, then surely he will curse you to your face. And the Lord said to the Satan, he is in your power, only spare his life. So the Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with severe boils from the soles of his feet to the crown of his head. As Job took a potsherd to scrape himself, his wife said to him, are you still holding to your innocence? Curse God and die. But he said to her, we accept good things from God. Should we not accept evil? Now Job's friends heard of his misfortunes and they came to be with him to give him sympathy and comfort. As they approached, they didn't even recognize him. And they began to weep aloud. They tore their cloaks and threw dust into the air over their heads. Then they sat down upon the ground with him seven days and seven nights, but none of them spoke a word. They saw how great was his suffering. Then Job spoke, Perish the day on which I was born, the night when they said, The child is a boy. And Job goes ahead and expresses how awful his life is. And that's what we were hearing in our first reading today from chapter 7 of Job. Remember that my life is like the wind. I shall not see happiness again. And his friends, his friends look at him and say, yeah, Job, you are in terrible shape. And then they say, You must have done something really awful that God is punishing you in this way. Because his friends, and this was what the common wisdom of the time, uh, God rewards the just and punishes the wicked. And they just figured, Wow, Job you must have done something awful to be punished like this by God. And even if you listen to the psalm today, uh, it speaks about the wicked he cast to the ground. Well, Job was cast to the ground. So that's what his friends say to him, and he protests. He says, no, I'm innocent. I haven't done anything wrong. But when he says that, the friends say, oh, you've only made it worse for yourself. Now you're lying, too, and claiming that you're innocent. And it goes back and forth. And if you read the book of Job, that's most of what the book is. Uh, Job protesting to his friends, his friends saying, oh, you messed up. God's punishing you. And, And neither side is able to convince the other, and they're at an impasse. God demands a hearing from God excuse me, Job demands a hearing from God. And beginning in chapter 38, God does confront him, but in a manner surpassing Job's imagining. God breaks the cosmic silence and thunders through the heavens. Job makes his appeal to the justice of God. God answers Job from the midst of creative wisdom and power. By the end, even though his questions are not answered, Job is at peace. In the closing chapter, the Lord restored the prosperity of Job, giving him twice as much as he had before. He lived to see his children, his grandchildren, even his great-grandchildren. But the why question is never answered. All Job knows is that the innocent can indeed be afflicted for no apparent reason and with no guarantee that the reason will ever be disclosed. This inability to explain suffering may be why this book has always enjoyed a place of prominence in the literature of the world and in the hearts of countless people. No one is protected from undeserved personal misfortune, such as the sudden and tragic death of loved ones human exploitation or betrayal, the unexpected collapse of a business or career, or from disasters such as flooding, or fire, or other ravages of nature. The horrors of war, of ethnic, racial, sexual, or other social discrimination or brutality victimize untold children, women, and men, and defy all standards of justice. Over the centuries, this pitiable man has stood as proof that suffering is not a sure sign of infidelity. He continues to be a source of consolation for many today who suffer through no fault of their own. That's from the Catholic Study Bible. So some things I invite you to consider. First, When you are suffering, when you are afflicted, it's okay to complain to God, okay? That's what uh, St. Teresa of Avila, uh, one time her wagon was deeply mired in the mud and she shook her fist at God and said, If this is how you treat your friends, no wonder you have so few of them. It's okay to give voice to whatever feelings you're having to God. But then there comes a point to move on from there and to put one's trust in God. You remember a couple of weeks ago we had that trust prayer? And there are some extra copies in the back if you didn't get one. Um, but one of the lines in it for the you of trust is understand that you will not Always understand. That's what the book of Job is all about. Trust in God's goodness and his concern for you even when we are not able to understand the why of a situation. Now, when we have family members or friends that are hurting, you can learn a lesson from Job's friends. When they heard of Job's troubles, they visited him They sat in silence with him, and then when he did speak, they listened. But don't be like them and try to give a reason for his suffering. Finally, notice that we have what the author of the book of Job did not have, as it was written centuries before Christ, we have Jesus, God becoming one of us, like us in all ways but sin. That means Jesus' knew suffering and hardship. And then he redeems us through suffering and death on the cross. And through his resurrection, we have hope to share also in the risen life.